Welcome to Book Pile Banter. This is Amberly, Sarah, and Kim, and we are at the beginning of our next month of genres. And for the month of March, the genre we will be assessing and reading is soft science fiction. Um, so the broad concept behind soft science fiction, per Wikipedia, is it can refer to a science fiction that explores the soft sciences, such as psychology, political science, and sociology, as opposed to the hard science fiction, which will explore things like hard, quotation, science, physics, astronomy, biology. Um, it also can refer to the science fiction, which prioritizes human emotions over the scientific accuracy or plausibility of hard science fiction. So is that match kind of what you guys would expect soft science fiction to be defined as? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sarah, that's sure. Like, yeah, sure. Whatever that I mean, means. Once again, we fall into a very broad category where it's like, it means this, but also it can mean all of that as well. And it's like, okay, I guess everything. So I would question soft science fiction. I would question if we're looking at that by those definitions, what is Andy Weir? Because it's clearly hard science fiction because he does the math. He does, you know, he knows what he's talking about. Um, but at the same time, the characters are driving the story. So, you know, where so, would that fall? I think with that one, it would fall closer to hard science fiction because it does spend a lot of time on how things function in science as opposed to more of the like anthropology kind of thing okay but i've, I've got more information so you, <laughs> you guys were going to come at this what this is too broad so <laughs> continuing to look at that and kind of like assess soft science fiction um the earliest citation of the term was in the 1975 the year in science fiction by peter nicholas um which is in the newberry award stories 11 from 1976 he wrote the same list reveals that an already established shift from hard science fiction chemistry physics astronomy technology to soft science fiction psychology biology anthropology sociology and even linguistics is continuing more strongly than ever. So this notion of hard to soft is looking like it's developing in the 70s. That's not to say that there weren't predecessors to it, but that's like the first time that they're identifying it as soft science fiction, which could be part of the problem with like the hard line of it. Is I think it's something that kind of developed slowly, not something that they really saw as one or the other initially. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's an evolution. Yes! Sarah getting all science-y on us. <laughs> so. Oh, can I, can I say him? something? Yeah, in relation to that, because I, I grew up in that time frame. And I can tell you that um, there were arguments and debates as to whether certain books were science fiction or not um, based on it it started falling out of the hard science fiction as you, we would now say and in, into the soft science fiction and McCaffrey being a big one. Sorry, I need to pause real quick. Okay, Kim, so you were talking about you just said Anne McCaffrey. Yeah, well no, yeah. It, it just at that time frame the the debates were 
were pretty pretty massive and uh pretty contentious to where you know particularly Anne McCaffrey you know is this science fiction or is this fantasy um a lot of people want to throw science fiction soft science fiction into the fantasy realm because they don't think it's science fiction because it's not hard science fiction so I I so what I'm getting at is I remember when this was happening and and it was like it was you know pretty funny back in my day (laughs) back in my day when I was young instead of old so one of like the prime examples or what is identified as like where soft science fiction started to become a model of literature, although it really predates 1975, um, is H.G. Wells. And that's because he tended to concentrate on the characters and their emotions and interactions rather than any of the science or technology behind it. For example, he doesn't massively explain to you how he ends up with an invisible man or exactly how the time machine works. He just tells you it's present and then he uses it to explore society with that science. So would you guys agree with that being a soft science fiction or would that surprise you? Kim is nodding and shaking as if the listener can hear her nodding and shaking. (laughs) So she nodded in agreement and then shook that it did not surprise her. What about you, Sarah? Sure. Sarah's talkative today. I know. I'm a little tired. <laughs> I mean, I don't really have anything to say specifically about H.G. Wells. I've only read War of the Worlds. It's his only book I'm familiar with. And would you consider that soft science fiction or hard science fiction? I read that fucking long time ago, but I don't remember much hard science fiction in it. Okay. So you would agree. That sounds right. But he probably <laughs> was a predecessor of soft science Hence fiction. my sure sure that's exactly what i have a small sample size i will go with it (laughs) okay so uh carol carl sagan no mcgurick oh sorry you say carl in reference to science fiction it it is going to render sagan just about out of anybody's head so go ahead in in fiction 2000 which was published in 1992 states that the soft school of science fiction dominated the genre in the 1950s, which was influenced by the beginning of the Cold War and an influx of new readers into the science fiction genre. Um, So in this case, he's arguing that what caused soft science fiction to really truly develop is the fear of a Cold War and people not really knowing the science behind it, but understanding the ramifications of like, how it would affect humans and therefore wanting to better understand science, but they, you know, had to relate to it based off of what they could comprehend. Maybe not the nitty gritty of hard science fiction that might not be co- easy for individuals to comprehend at times. So what are your thoughts on that? I have none. Well, you kind of like grew up post in the fifties. I wasn't even post until late sixties. I know. Jesus, but no, I was gonna say post. You know, the, 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 there was still like I a... grew up in the cold during the Cold War. Yes, um, there, there's always comments that that the things people read 
are based on what's going on around them politically and whether they're trying to escape. Um, it's just like they say that, you know, cop shows are so popular when crime is high because people want to see that crime can be resolved. Um, so, yes, I guess if you're into like evaluating the way people see things, um, do I love science fiction because I grew up post landing on the moon? Probably. Um, I I was only one when we landed on the moon, so it could only be so much of an influence on me. I can't say that, <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that, but I, I'm a fanatic Listen, for space. Just, we watched, just we watched the rocket launch ago. just the other day, yesterday, just, yesterday, day before. You watched the rocket launch the other day and then had me stand there and wait for the sonic boom. <laughs> yeah, because we got an announcement that the sonic boom was going to happen because people keep freaking out, particularly in my house. Um, every time there's a there's a Listen, bang, it's we don't the freak rockets out. launching out of Vandenberg. So yeah, context for the listener: we freak have a out. whole you bunch go outside and look for whatever it is that fell on the house. <laughs> Let me give context to the listener: we have a whole bunch of redwoods on our Southern California property. And every uh, once in a while, there's a boom that sounds like something has fucking landed on the roof. So yes, I Dad just, and I, I go out to check I to make it, sure it's not like a rogue raccoon or something. Oh, I thought you meant like the tree. I was gonna say no, if the no. tree fell on your house, I, branches I don't think of the you tree. To see branches that. of the tree would make that kind of a noise, but um, no, branches, I, I, a raccoon. You know, we just go out to make sure that like that the property is good. Yeah. Overreact to a sonic boom. It's not even that loud of a noise. Listen, it's not as loud on your end. My end of the on house. your end of the house, it is not as loud. I was there. I heard it. It is probably much louder on my end than it is your end. I don't know if I'm facing it more directly. I don't know the science probably. there. Um, because it rattles my windows. Yeah. Anyway, so no one tells me that there's going to be a sonic boom. I'm going to be a little concerned that something fell on the house. Someone yeah, tells I told me you there's the a sonic day. boom. Actually, no, I saw it on the Ring app before you told me. Well, Anything I saw it on the Ring app, too. And that's when I went around yeah. and told everybody in the house, we're going to have a sonic boom here shortly. Boom. And went on and started watching the launch because I love watching launches. Anyone curious, we are approximately eight minutes away from where the launch was because it took eight minutes for the sonic boom to travel from launch to us. I Not don't know eight if minutes that's in an, distance. I don't know if that's... No, 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 no. I don't know if that's an accurate re representation. I would have to look... Because the sonic boom is when they reach light speed, right? Am I... No. Am I... No, nothing reaches light speed that we launch. No, 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 not no, not light speed. Okay, I I just said if I'm saying that correctly, when we reach a certain point that you're going to get the sonic boom. I don't think that happens at launch. I think that happens later in the process. But I'd have to look it up. So I will do that. I love later for because... soft science fiction. We're trying to discuss hard science fiction, like we know the science. <laughs> I will look it up later to find out when it is. But yeah, what what part of the launch causes the boom? Because I don't think it's lifting off the pad. But go ahead. When it hits the sound okay. barrier. Sound barrier! That's the word I was looking for. 
Lightspeed. Also known as well, Lightspeed. We are. Yeah. Anyway. Technology. Yeah. Okay. So. Didn't say focusing... I could talk about it. I just know about it. <laughs> focusing back on the topic at hand. Um, some early members of the soft science fiction genre are Alfred Alfred Bester, Fritz Lieber, Ray Bradbury, and James Blish. Any of those? I, I only know of Ray Bradbury. I have not read any of the other ones. I don't know if you guys have read any of the other ones. No, just the other ones. I started tuning out when you're listing names. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's that, like Alfred Bester. Bester. No. Fritz Lieber. No. James Blish. Nope. I don't know any of those okay. except Ray Bradbury. Okay. However, uh, the same author, McGurick, describes Ursula K. Le Guin's 1969 novel, The Left Hand of Darkness, oh. as a soft oh. science fiction classic. Which sure. we have read for the podcast. Sarah loved the wandering in the, in the snow. snow. Set a and it just keeps it just keeps <laughs> coming back up. Authors like to wa wander in the snow. Oh, and funny. I also, in my doing my research, I gotta pull it back up, went to the website called Best hyphen sci hyphen fi hyphen books.com. And they had a list of 31 best science, soft science fiction books. And guess which one is the number one on their list? Twilight. No. <laughs> the look of disgust was perfect on your face. <laughs> Concern. What, what do you what think, was Kim? One, please? I have no idea. Dune. Yep. And the reason that they give is Dune is the best-selling science fiction novel of all time and has spawned a huge franchise. Dune sandworms remain one of the most fascinating alien species in science fiction literature. Oddly enough, no one has been able to tell to tell Dune visually as of the time of the publication of this article. I was going to um, say. Because yeah, I would argue that the... You know, I don't... What? Uh, back in 2016. Oh, yeah. Okay. Interestingly enough, there's a bunch of people who argued back that a lot of these books they feel would be hard science fiction. But I think I could argue, I would agree that June, I think, would fall more into soft science fiction based off of yeah, what our definition is. There's no hard thought. science. In yeah. That book. It's all magic no science. science. Like, yeah. It's just... yeah. 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 So then it has for numbers two and three on the list. I'm not going to go through the whole list. I'm just going to highlight some key ones I think are interesting. Um, two and three is two is Fahrenheit 451. By Ray Bradbury, which I fully would agree is soft science fiction. Um, what a great book. Such a great book. And then number three is 1984. Again, more about political science than hard science. Like entirely. Um, yeah. Then comes Flowers also. for <laughs> Flowers for Algernon. Uh, let's see here. Then number five is an Ursula Le Guin book, Kay Le Guin book that dispossessed hmm. let's see here i'm looking to see if i can spot anyone the giver is at number nine 
A Clockwork Orange is at number 11. Oh, I know this is an author Sarah likes. Um, Hyperon by Dan Simmons is number 12. I don't even, I don't think I've read anything by Dan Simmons. That would be me. I like, oh, sorry. I totally thought Sarah had read Dan Simmons. Well, Sarah, you probably mm. like Dan Simmons. Um, let's see here. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy comes in at number 14. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Not a whole lot of women on this list. Number 17 is Slaughterhouse-Five. So funny. I haven't read most of these, so. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, you've read this one. Number 18 is The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. Yeah. But what interesting about that, I did not read that until I was, I had never even heard of it. Until I was getting my uh, teaching credentials. I know. And then you handed it to me and said, read this. <laughs> I mean, I had never heard of it until the show came out. Oh, really? Man. Yeah. But I yeah. still haven't like read or watched it because I don't want to. But <sighs> It's um, really good. The book is really, really good. Uh, the TV yeah. went off. The show went off the rails. I haven't watched it since like season two. But they covered the entire book in season one. So they should have just left it at that. Yeah, uh, I wish they yeah. had done it as a limited series. Yeah, one and done. But it if it was been... popular, you know, got to milk that. Yeah, got to get. Yeah. I the irony of the 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 lead actress in that show being a Scientologist is just profound. <laughs> okay, okay, we're not gonna get into that. So <laughs> number twenty six. But this is about all science fiction, Scientology. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> number six. <laughs> is Fledgling by Octavia E. Butler. Oh, gosh, that sounds familiar. I yeah. Is, you know, Although I will... So I this is the description of it, because I don't know if either of you have like really looked at it yet. It says, Fledgling is a story of an apparently young, amnesic girl whose alarmingly inhuman needs and abilities lead her to a starting conclusion. She is, in fact, a genetically modified 53-year-old vampire, forced to discover that she can... What she can about her stolen former life, she must at the same time learn who wanted and still wants to destroy her and those she cares for and how she can save herself. I did not know it was also a vampire book. Um. <laughs> Hence why Twilight could be on this list. Well, actually it was a list of 30 best, right? So yeah. it could be yeah. a list of soft science fiction books somewhere. <laughs> Just not. Well, I and, and that's what bothers me is, is about science fiction is so many people to me twilight is fantasy it's not science yeah. fiction but or a lot of people fiction because it includes fiction, yeah. yeah 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 but a lot of people will lump a lot of stuff into science fiction because well, it's not i, I don't mean, know it's like libraries well, it's a library section science fiction fantasy and that's i know a genre that or not genre but it's like that's how a lot of places show the genre they just clump them together because they can't yeah pick them apart yeah yeah and and i think at least with this one from what i understand the reason why it's considered more of like that soft science fiction is the style in which octavia e butler writes not so much like the content being a vampire but instead like the commentary and the discussion that she's having um well, based on what you that. just said is she's she's been modified to yeah. require blood so not a mythic vampire yeah um, exactly more of a morbius why did that remind me of morbius i do not know 
is yeah. Morbius genetically modified? I don't blood? know. I don't. Uh, well, he's uh, yeah. he's medically modified, and and yes, there is the science fiction. I actually don't hate the movie. Um, Never saw I, it. Oh yeah, you probably wouldn't like it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he uses he uses his medical training to uh, uh, adapt vamp uh, vampire bats into his own genetics so that he can survive. I can't remember what condition he has. Anyway, so yes, Morbius would be science fiction. Okay. Anyways, at number 27 is Frankenstein. Frankenstein's awesome. It is. Um, Have you read Frankenstein? Yeah, I did read it for school. Okay. You guys had such good had teachers. To. Man. Had to. That hurts my soul. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it's not like... It was a lot better than a lot of the school books we had to read, but at the same time, it's not a book that I would like voluntarily want to revisit. It's like, okay, that was good. It was cool. Interesting. Um, and now I'm done. You know what? I actually hyped it up to a bunch of my teen volunteers when they were about to start it because they were like, yeah, we, you know, we're reading these really weird things. They're like, but we're about to read Frankenstein. I'm like, it's not going to be what you expected. I'm like, but it is amazing and then i was like kind of talking them through it and by the end of it one of them was like yeah i actually am kind of excited to read that now oh she's like i thought it was going to be like a weird cliche you know old school movie kind of vibe i'm like no 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 i'm like that is not not accurate so, in the slightest <laughs> I tell you guys my my experience with being taught fantasy science fiction in in my freshman year of high school so we uh-huh. uh we got to the san- the 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 science fiction fantasy portion of of our our year of English and our teacher who had no comprehension of science fiction or fantasy she decided that the hobbit was what she was going to teach um so we <laughs> all have to read the hobbit and then we have to write a story short story based on our version of you know science fiction and fantasy and my friend she's writing and she's like i don't know what to call this and she's trying to talk about an ability that a character had um and and i said well call it everyday magic which i pulled directly from the hobbit the the hobbits have everyday magic and the teacher in front of the entire class calls her out and says if it's every day it can't be magic and she and i were just like just sitting there stunned that one she would you know criticize a book or something that somebody has written so openly in front of the class and then to be so utterly wrong when she is saying that jrr tolkien is not representing Fiction, fantasy, science fiction. She, he's not representing it correctly. I was. It, that's when I became disillusioned on English. There, they clearly didn't know anything about science fiction or fantasy because they clearly didn't read it in any way, shape, or form. So that's when I started my own education on science fiction and fantasy. Is is I stopped listening to teachers because they didn't know what they were talking about when it came to that. Yeah, no, I lucked out. Most of my teachers were pretty solid on the science fiction fantasy. More science fiction, just because it tends to be seen as more literary than the fantasy. Um, right. At least when I was in the early aughts, when I was in high school. Um, and then my bachelor's in English was just 
deliciously bonkers and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I took some really strange classes. I still like to tell people how I took an entire semester about football literature. And they are just like, what do you mean football literature? I'm like, literature that involves football. I spent an entire semester learning about the development of it. And they're like, no, there really isn't things. I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, it is a massive thing for the Vietnam War. A lot of books relied upon football literature in order to help the masses understand what it was like to be in Vietnam. Because it would be all of these young men who had just gotten done with football being sent off. And they're trying to process the situation that they're in. And the only way they can contextualize it is their experience of playing football. And the kind of like pushing back and forth and everything. And everyone's always like, okay. I was like, yeah, no, it was really good. Most interest I've ever had in football. So. Any. I, that, that's. I'm kidding. Mm, I'm joking. Not for me. <laughs> I was jo- until Taylor Swift. Oh. Do you for me, know, that is not. Do you even know what I'm referring to, Sarah? In the most vague, vague way. Okay. Yeah, I know there's some drama there. I don't care. There's no drama. She's just dating a football player, so it's become a thing. Well, yeah, and I know, but it's like straight up drama with like conservatives or whatever. Oh, well, that yeah, that part of the drama. That BS, yeah. yeah. Can't handle twenty seconds of a woman cheering her boyfriend on. Yeah. <laughs> That's the sum of it. All right. So that was everything I had developed for our little discussion today. Did either of you have any thoughts or anything you wanted to add on? Nope. I just hope it goes better than body horror. It will. It will. There, there's nothing that could. Yeah, we would have. Don't to see find that. Some... Don't. We Don't would have to find some really bad science fiction in order to. Yeah. Anything okay, I put possible. it in the universe. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know what <laughs> your books are about. I chose books about that a I don't know. Books that I've never read. <laughs> so anything is possible with my selection. I don't know what I'm getting into. <laughs> you know what, Sarah? That does not make me feel good, given your last I just picked it without knowing it context. <laughs> so, I didn't find that book. But um, we will get into that discussion. Or have gotten into that discussion. (laughs) So we teleport back into the past. (laughs) All right. Then on that note, our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Do not forget to rate, like, like, and subscribe. Oh, yeah. Forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Bookpile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can support us on bookshop.org. Our link is available via our social media. You can also email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Also, side note, I think Sushi thinks the microphone is a bug. Awfully large, big bug. bug. Yeah, but she's got a pretty ambitious look in her eye. <laughs>